The book was better. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the beginning of the end. No. <laughs> it is the beginning. It's the beginning of the end of the Twilight Saga. <laughs> yeah, geez, we're going to start off on a sad note. Welcome to well, the Book Was Better it's, podcast. It's just dramatic. Yes, I'm Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Collette. And today we are tackling the uh, first half of the last Twilight book, Breaking Dawn. It's going to be a, a hoot and a holler. So uh, definitely stick around for that. Like all previous Twilight episodes Ooh, have been. Yeah. So. <laughs> but before that, just a Very few a few announcements that we wanted to uh, go over. Um, our new reading calendar is up as of yesterday. So yes. um, go check it out. A little late in the game a little we kind of figured yeah. everybody knew we were just gonna finish the twilight series out through september so we weren't feeling ultra pressed to get it out by september 1st so yes. forgive us but if it's this one late. does take us through the end of the year mm-hmm. finishes so, 2021 weird yes. <laughs> i don't ugh. so um, and we definitely took some of your suggestions into account and added those onto the calendar. So if you have any more you want us to um, add to our list, definitely just head over Consider to and add to the list. Yeah. Go over to our social media and let us know and we will happily add it to our next round. I I mean, I haven't looked into this yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to add like a suggestion box sort of thing onto our website as well mm, where you could mm -hmm. just kind of always just easily go in and just kind of drop suggestions and ideas as they come to you yes our um, website you can, is yeah, just dm us a work in progress for sure but we're getting there but we're we're getting there uh the other announcement is thank you for entering and participating in our week of giveaways to celebrate our one-year birthday anniversary thing <laughs> yes and we did announce the winners for those earlier this week however there is one more giveaway coming where we are currently working on a new line of merch um, that will include not just podcast specific or book specific merch um, so we're really excited about it and so we'll be doing one final giveaway when we launch and release that Yes. So be on the lookout for that as well. Otherwise, I don't think there's anything else to announce or mm -mm. talk about, right? I don't think so. All right. So we can jump into it. Yeah. We are covering Breaking Dawn Part 1. So last time we talked about how we thought it was through like chapter 18, 19-ish. I didn't have my book on me, so I couldn't check. Well, now I can say with certainty that it is through the end of chapter 19. At the end of chapter 19 is when Bella opens her eyes as a vampire. And that is where the first book, uh, I mean, part one, the movie ends is with her opening her eyes as a vampire. So we read through the end of chapter 19 and we stopped. So this episode will just be our thoughts on the first. It is not an even split, by the way. <laughs> the no, first no, no. half-ish of the book. 
interesting. This book is split up into books. It's not, I feel like in previous books, there's been like a part one, part two, but this one is split up into book one, book two, book three. And each yeah. one has its own like table of contents. And it's, it was a choice. jumps from Bella's point of view to Jacob's point of view and then back to Bella's point of view. It's, it's interesting, mm -hmm. but yeah. So the, I mean, just whenever there's splits, I have to talk about this, right? So chapter 19 ends on page 386. In the print version. In the, in the hardcover first edition <laughs> i bought this right like when it first came out so um like hardcover first edition book and it is a i mean it is a relatively even split but but re relatively right it's a freaking long book let's say yeah, it's a first, big right? book um there's seven 754 pages again in my hardcover first print edition i don't think the softback and hardback versions differ that much do I they? have no idea y you read this virtually didn't you you don't yeah. have this book at all do you i don't have space in my tiny so. apartment for a lot of books so i have to be very picky about what physical books i get yeah so it's it is for the most part a better split than let's say like the harry potter book that one was nowhere near in the middle where it finished um this one is slightly past halfway. So the first movie does cover a little bit more than the second one, but mm -hmm. not by much. I thought it was a bigger difference at first, but now that I look at it again, it's actually pretty close to even. So the movie was released in 2011. The book was published in 2008. Director was Bill Condon. We are just cycling through directors yeah. with these movies. There has not been a single repeat so far. So let's, I mean, I sure hope that at least part two of the same book gets the same director. We'll, but find, we'll find out. out in two weeks, won't we? Good old Melissa Rosenberg, though, holding strong as a screenplay writer. <laughs> yes. She, I, I mean, she does get better, but I think it's also... Her team around her gets better to help support and make the movie seem better in general. So I don't know. Music for this one was done by Carter Burwell, which I think is, again, yeah, a completely new person. Nope. He did the music for the very first there movie as well. And then casting. This I find interesting because I feel like this movie is one of the first ones where there is a bunch of new people to be casted. And in every single movie before this, the casting has been done by a team of people. And I know in general, they're probably always done by a team of people. But, you know, like where multiple people are given credit for doing the casting. And in this one, it's just Deborah Zane, just one person in the movie that I think has the most casting done. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was just an interesting thing that I noticed. So there's our team. Right. There's our lineup for the movie. Some repeats, some new people. It's fine. Um, and, and then we, we go into our summary. So, again, I'm just going to I'm just covering what happens in the movie. So just covering the first half of the book. Mm -hmm. So Breaking Dawn Part One opens up. With the wedding, right? Bella and Edward are getting married and then they go off on their honeymoon while Bella is still human because that was part of the deal with Edward. It's like you got to experience certain things 
in like the human experience before I'll change you. And then lo and behold, what? This was unexpected. I didn't know this could happen. Bella gets pregnant with Edward's baby. But he's a vampire. She's a human. Weird hybrid child. It's a demon. Um, (laughs) They refer to the baby as a demon a lot in this first movie. (laughs) So Bella is like, well, oh, my gosh, I get to have Edward's child. I'm definitely keeping it. And Edward's like, this is a monster thing that's going to destroy you from the inside out. We have to get it out. And um, it takes a while for Edward to come around and realize that it is, in fact, a baby with a heartbeat and thoughts. And because of his little special power of reading minds, he comes around when he hears the baby's thoughts and realizes, oh, it's it's it, it's human in that way. Um, and then uh, she has the baby. It's very grotesque and traumatizing to her and everybody involved, including us, the readers and viewers of the movie. And then she dies, basically. And in the rush to try and save her, they put Edward sticks his venom in and bites him and stuff. And then Jacob imprints on a freaking baby and then she turns into a vampire and the movie ends. And that's the first half of wow. the book. So, okay, dog. I know it's a lot to take in, but you can calm down. All right. So there's our summary. Here's our, our lineup. Taylor, I believe you go first this I week. I do. So. I do. Take it away. Um, so I'm starting with a uh, a pro, a positive for the movie, and then we can start tearing into it. <laughs> so my... Uh, I've already torn into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. My anti-grievance is I actually thought the wedding was really well done. I think it was really gorgeous. Oh, agreed. Like, it was so pretty, the way that they laid it out, her dress, everything. I think it looked really good. And they kind of gave it more life and more detail than the book did. It felt more like it a, a normal wedding um, with, like, the speeches and everything. And Edward looked happy, which was good because you don't see that a lot. And Bella looked happy, which, again, you don't see that a lot. <laughs> Um, so I thought that the wedding was really good. I, I really liked her dress and her hair and how simplistic it was. Cause I feel like that definitely matched kind of the book's description her and her character. Um, so I thought that they did a really good job. I really liked the scene. It was like, and since it kind of opens the movie up, like that's like the first big scene in the movie obviously like everyone gets their wedding invitations and stuff but then like the first big scene Mm -hmm. is the wedding and I think it set the movie off on a good note that the rest maybe didn't follow through with but it it gives you hope (laughs) that it's gonna be a really good movie and you're like oh yeah this is cute despite everything I'm going to be talking about (laughs) because all of mine are indeed actual grievances Mm mm-hmm I will say that there was less, I think, to nitpick. But I chalk that up to the fact that it was broken into two movies. They should have gotten right. You know, like they it, this isn't the first book that's been split into two movies that we've no, covered. They we love doing it. Did you know, the Deathly Hollows? We did. Um, what's the final Hunger Games book called? 
can't remember. Mockingjay. <laughs> like we've done other ones. Mockingjay. And, you know, I expect there to be them to be much, much closer in the book to movie adaptation when they're splitting a single book across multiple movies. So I, I do think for the most part, this movie, there was less to tear into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's still a good chunk that we'll talk about. <laughs> but it's my favorite one. I'd say that's fair. And I think part of that is the wedding. <laughs> well, the wedding, but then also just, I guess I'm kind of going into an honorable mention early here, but just like in general, like the makeup. And stuff oh, is yeah, done way better. so much better in oh, this yeah. movie. And it's much more realistic. People's expressions are more believable. Despite some of the added drama that we'll get into mm -hmm. later, like it didn't. The the fact that they're vampires wasn't made to be overly dramatic, I feel like, in this one. Um, like it has been in previous ones. Mm -hmm. And so. And her sickly makeup was know, not as bad as it could have been. No, and I think it was, I don't know, I think Jacob describes her as being pretty gaunt. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, that part was pretty well done. So, um, but yeah, those are just some preemptive thoughts of mine, I guess. Did you have anything else that I didn't mean to interrupt? No, your you're good. I mean, that's one. pretty much all there is to it. I liked the wedding. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really gorgeous and really well put together and... um. I really appreciated Charlie speaking all of our minds when he said, yeah, I know I look hot. Yes. <laughs> love Charlie. It's like, yes. We all love the dads more in this than the real, pe the actual like love interest. Yes. It's fine. Okay. My number three. And this one's my number three only because it's not in this movie very much, but still enough to be weird to me and really weird me out. That creepy <laughs> CGI baby. And here's the thing. I feel like in that first scene, when like she just gave birth and like the baby is still like covered in blood. She looks for the most part like a normal baby there. Still very, still cuter probably than like your average newborn. Like her hands weren't purple and feet like I've. I give birth by C-section. That's how I gave birth to both of my girls. And so, like, I know what, like, a new baby just ripped from her stomach looks like. <laughs> and not as cute. Definitely not as cute in real life. But she's, like, a vampire baby. So she's supposed to be, like, perfect, More right? Perfect. And I think that that was there. Except then when you see her later, like, when oh. Rosalie's holding her or when Jacob sees her for the first time and she just looks so unsettling. So bad. What's with those eyes? It's real bad. I, the eyes just give me such creepy vibes. I don't like it. I don't like looking at it. I don't like looking at her. I realize she's supposed to be a she, but I see her and I just think, what is that? Like, what is it? Because it does not look like a baby. Like, it's, it's not, just it's weird. not human. It's like not vampire. It. It's something else. It's CG. I just don't understand what was the thought process because... There are plenty of very attractive, very beautiful, almost baby doll look looking babies that are born into this world every day. Really? Mm -hmm. 
You couldn't have just cast a baby that fit what you wanted. You had to do this weird CGI thing. Well, because it's so obviously CGI and it looks so bad. I think what they were trying to do was because it is a half vampire baby, it shouldn't look one of this world. And two, she's like aging very, very quickly. So she doesn't look quite like a baby should look. And they would have had to like but, cast a lot of different she's ages. Aging quickly, just but, because she's aging quickly doesn't mean they couldn't have still used the real baby for a baby. Yes. Well, because it baby is a baby for a while. It is a baby that they then CGI'd the face up. Like it's an half of the scenes are with a an actual really baby. Weird face. Half of the they, scenes I've are with a some gross CGI work of faces. The next movie is when we'll see the gross puppet. And they could have done better. The next movie, I'm going to talk about this more probably. I don't know. I haven't seen part two in a while. It's bad. We'll see what I'm what I'm thinking. It's bad. But it's not. I'm I'm scared. I didn't like it. It was very off 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 putting. It was unsettling. Yeah. I don't understand. I just while she was a baby, you could have just kept it as a baby. I understand when she's starting to get older. No, even still. We only see her as maybe, if my memory serves correctly, we only see her as like maybe a toddler for like a very short scene. And then as a as a kid, it's it's not like we see her in that many stages of age. I don't remember. Really. I don't know. But either way, you could have just cast some people instead of weird, weird CGI work. OK, that, that that's enough. I'm I've, I'm just rambling and ranting now, so. Enough of that. It's fine. So, yeah, that's my All number right. three. Weird, creepy CGI yes. baby. So, my number two, and this is something we've kind of discussed before with it being third person versus first person and just not being able to get that inner dialogue. One thing that we really missed out on in this book particularly was the wolf pack and their ability to communicate telepathically. Mm-hmm. During this book and especially the scenes that are from Jacob's point of view there's almost a constant conversation going on with the wolves telepathically and obviously in the movie that they only show it like telepathically like once or twice and it's like very subtle the rest of the time they're just talking like normal and I get that in the movie it probably would have been very hard to effectively show telepathic communication between these characters I think they could have done it but anyways but because they had to cut out a lot of the telepathic communication you actually lost a lot of the character development between not only all the wolves but especially Jacob's new smaller pack with um Seth yeah. and Leah 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 I say Leah. Leah um I don't know and they're kind of awkward start to more like bonding situations to becoming more of a of a pack and so you gotta move your foot Kaylee <laughs> oh sorry I can't see you so I just assume you can't see me my feet are up I'm like <laughs> no I yeah sorry that was very distracting <laughs> well now you can see um knees. anyways okay so I just feel like we when I watched the movie I mean, I still love Seth. I think that he's they did a good job casting him. He's very cute and likable. 
Oh, I love that for Seth. I agree. You kind of just you don't fall in love with Seth and Leah as much as you do in the book. And you don't kind of understand them on the same level just because you're not seeing the same conversations and you're not seeing the banter and the back and forth and all the discussions because it's a lot. And it makes sense that they had to cut some of it out. But I don't know. I just that was one thing that I kind of was sad about because I really like the wolf packs and I really like the way that they kind of bond and become a family. And I really liked the character development. A large chunk of the book is told from Jacob's point of view. Yes, I said that. And (laughs) with I know I know, but that's part of my point, though, is it's from his point of view. Why is that not included more in the movie? It it should be in my mind. A lot of the scenes I remember watching and being like, this is different than how I pictured it. Because the movie isn't framing it from Jacob's mm-hmm. narrative. It, they frame all of it, I feel like, still from yes. Bella. Even though, yeah, it's, it is third person. But I still feel like even the, well, the parts of the movie that are... Jacob's point of view in the book, they still kind of frame all of it from more of a. Bella's I definitely think that they were view. very. Bella's a main character. We don't want people getting confused. We want to mainly focus on her story, and everyone else kind of gets pushed to the wayside. Yeah, which makes I I understand like it, this isn't the first time they've done that, right? We we frequently talk about how the side character stories don't get the focus we feel like they need. But it doesn't make it any less disappointing. (laughs) So, yep. I just wish we'd gotten more of the wolf banter. They have some funny moments in the book. Yeah. And and also some dramatic moments that kind of got cut. Like the whole drama after, like with Bella deciding to keep the baby and then Edward kind of becoming fond of this child and Jacob feeling betrayed and Leah He's like my one Leah ally. kind of coming so I had one more ally. forward, and <laughs> Leah confronts Bella and is like ticked at him. I mean, ticked at her because of what she's doing to Jacob, mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that in the movie. You don't see that strong conflict that's going on. You don't like at all. And and again, that's more of that bonding of that mm-hmm. new pack. Not to mention, I think it just helps you understand where Jacob's coming from a lot more. And this is one of the reasons why I say that movie Jacob is very toxic. Yeah. I feel like movie Jacob is super toxic because they don't do a bunch of the stuff and don't show a bunch of the stuff that they show and talk about Mm -hmm. in the book. So it's just different, which we expect. But again, we can still talk about it. So that's my number two right there. All right, so my number two also involves Mm. the wolves a bit. So the movie introduces not one, but two non-existent, basically, fight scenes between the wolf pack and the Cullens. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Why could the Cullens not leave their house before anything's happened, right? Like... No treaty has been broken. Nothing like why? Why would the wolves be trying to attack 
um, Carlisle and Esme and Emmett when they leave to go hunting before anything Yeah, they haven't has done happened, anything right? wrong yet. You know, like, that makes zero sense to me. Also, doesn't happen in the book. And then in the book, there is talk of, like, or, like, plans, I guess, right, that we hear of through Jacob of the wolves being like, okay, well, this is weird and we have to do something about it and like plans on like an attack or whatever, but it doesn't ever actually happen. No fight actually happens because Jacob immediately, basically once he imprints, like goes and talks to Sam and is like, Hey, you got to do it. You can't do it now (laughs) because, because this takes precedence and, and Sam gets that and immediately is like, all right, truce is back in effect. And immediately is like, okay, yeah, you're right. Blah, 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 blah. And also in the movie, Edward asks Jacob for his permission to, quote unquote, break mm-hmm. the treaty. It's not up yeah. to Sam. Sam isn't the one that gives permission and says, like, it's cool. I I say yeah. or whatever he says in the movie. It's Jacob by birthright or whatever should be the alpha which is why he's able to form his own pack off on his own and so because he's the born and like meant to be alpha edward's like it's got to come from you like this is what's gonna it it has to happen for bella to survive i i need your word that it's not breaking the treaty and it's jacob who does say okay i i i i I give you permission like it would it, I will not count it as a break of the treaty. Whereas in the movie, it shows Jacob as being this like super angsty, moody. Yeah. Weirdo who's like, we should kill all of them and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's no, that's not how he is in the book. So, but yeah, my big thing is I realize I talk about this in some sense almost every every time but just the adding so much extra unnecessary drama Mm -hmm. i feel like there was still enough drama and suspense and just like weirdness going on with this oh my gosh bella is pregnant with a weird hybrid vampire human baby that we didn't and then you know like is she gonna survive will she won't she become a vampire finally blah blah blah. like you didn't need i feel like they added the fight scene for all the husbands and all the boyfriends who had to go with their wives or their girlfriends to watch this movie because they didn't want to go alone. And they're like, this movie sucks. Oh, but at least there was a fight scene. And that was their thought process. Well, it was <laughs> stupid. So, and I don't think it worked. Probably not, but I feel like that, that was their, their reasoning. But yeah, that's that's my number two. It's just the, what's with the fight. It's just it's stupid. And and it, again, it just makes them seem sorry. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> it's just it's one of the things that they do in a, a lot in these movies where they make these decisions that make people look a lot more mm-hmm. stupid than they really are. They do it a lot with Bella's character. But specifically like here, Sam is not stupid. Like the werewolves are not dumb, but. When they make them do these, like, when they make them fight and do these, especially, right, like, the first time when it's just Esme and Carlisle, like, trying to hunt, like, there's no logic behind that. There's no breaking of anything, which I already talked about. It just makes them look stupid. And they're not stupid. It makes the Cullens look stupid. 
when they, you know, get out there and, tr- and immediately start fight. Like it makes them look stupid. They wouldn't do that. I Carlisle's characterization. He would not immediately jump to violence. He would try to talk it out first. Like, and they could even in wolf form do that because Edward can read minds and he does it in the book multiple times where he like acts as this weird like translator when they're in wolf form so that they can communicate still. So that's just okay. Now I'm done. That That's my final thought on that. <laughs> okay. So I still cannot see you. Are you sure you haven't like muted your video or something? No, I have not. Cool. Well, and I can try turning it. Now it's off. Now it's on. Oh, okay. you're back. Okay. That was weird. All right. Well, now my iPad's doing weird things, but it's fine. Okay, let's do some honorable mentions. Okay, honorable mention number one from me is, and this was interesting because I forgot about this little detail. Bella, originally, before she found out she was preggers, um, Bella was planning on staying human another year and attending a year at Dartmouth College. Mm -hmm. And they totally left that out of the movie. But I think it's such an important detail to see that she was like, had these plans and was like, totally going to be like, yeah, I want to experience college and I want to, you know, do a little bit more before I become a vampire and have to cut everyone off. And then she gets preggers and everything goes out the window anyways. But I thought it was an interesting detail and I'm kind of bummed they left it out. Mm hmm. Um, So that's one of mine. The weird Volturi scene at the end. It's like in between like the first part of the credits and then uh-huh. the scrolling credits. There's that weird scene with the Volturi that yeah. that's weird. That was unnecessary. Um, I think her transformation into a vampire. They definitely mellowed that out in the uh, in the movie. Oh, yeah, it's way more intense. The book's description of it is in awful. The book. Granted, I feel like the birth scene for the most part was straight out of the book, including a lot of the like breaking of bones and blood and like horror and pain. And so they it's like they went from really intense and then they're like, all right, we should probably we should probably hold back. That was (laughs) enough intensity. We don't need much more. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) yeah, so the birth scene was actually Fairly yeah. accurate, which I was, which didn't no, need to be, you that's know, the funny part, <laughs> that part didn't need to be. That was traumatic for everyone involved, as I mentioned before. And so, yeah, I just feel like her transformation seems a bit more like mystical and magical rather than the painful, excruciating process that the book describes it to be. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another one. Uh, the scene where she <laughs> finds out or. You know, kind of finds out to you, kind of like, uh, where she holds her stomach yes. and stands sideways She's in a mirror. She's so flat. She has no bump. She acts like she does. She doesn't. It's okay. Robert Pattinson can't get over that scene either. He thinks it's hilarious. He talks about it in it's quite a few talk so shows. Would he be interviewed after this movie? Um, speaking of also, just in general, like the romance scenes, a lot of yeah. them. The whole honeymoon. We're just really The whole awkward. honeymoon was rough. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like some of it was fairly, like, accurate awkward. 
But then but some like, did of we it need was to just see like, it? why is this still did we so need to weird? See it? <laughs> because like when they, when they walk in, when she walks into the bedroom and she's just like looking at the bed and just like standing there and like looking at it and then looking up at Edward and then like looks back down at the bed and then Edward just like stands there and like slowly puts down <laughs> the suitcases. And then he's just like, are you tired? <laughs> and this is a cre- this is a critique of <laughs> Stephanie Meyer as well. Did we need that much? I mean, to be, to be fair, when you're newly like it, the fir- but did first we need to see like, it? Did we need oh, did to we know need to about it? It? <laughs> yes. it could have been a lot more vague, and, and I would have been fine. And you could have cut that kind of stuff down and then included more of the cool wolf stuff. And I just. Or more of the relationships and development that happened. Also, it was weird that they like went to that festival and like danced and stuff. It was just on their way through Rio. It was weird. That didn't happen in the book. It was weird. They went like straight there because, you know, he's like a freaking vampire. He's a vampire. <laughs> yeah. And then I um, just, and again, this is not a um, movie specific critique. I just, I got to get this out there. How in the heckity heck did she get preggers? Where is the logic in that? I understand the he's logic. He's dead. In that. No, he's. He doesn't have a heart. So how is the blood pumping? But, but <laughs> it's not blood that's pumping. <laughs> What's um, doing the pumping? So, I don't understand. So the, I'm not going to go into much detail. We're going to keep this PG. But, I just, it baffles um, my mind. Basically, the reason why female vampires can't procreate is because their bodies are unchanging yeah so is the guys right but but guess what men even human men can get somebody pregnant up to the day they die some 95 year old dude could get a 20 year old pregnant because men's bodies never go through like Mm. a change they never go through a Mm. menopause i'm skeptical so so in theory just because a man becomes a vampire, their body doesn't go through the same uh, kind that of change seems pretty as sexist. females does. That is, <laughs> but, but also science is kind of sexist because let's think about all the things that we as women have to go through that men don't That's have to fair. deal with. So, I don't know. I never understood um, it. And I still think it's stupid to this day. I still don't love that that's where the story went either, but I can kind of wrap my head around how no, and why it I happened. think it's stupid. <laughs> but when we get to my number one, we'll really talk about what's stupid. <laughs> so. yes. But I had to get that out there. Um, <laughs> let's see. My other ones. Sorry for those listening to this with children present. We tried to keep it pretty. <laughs> we tried to keep it vague. as vague as possible. <laughs> Please don't report this episode as explicit. It's not. <laughs> the movie's not rated R, so. 
PG-13, though. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think we ever claim all of our episodes are PG. No, but I don't mark any of them as explicit. No. Because we don't swear and we don't talk about... We're not explicit in our discussions. Super explicit stuff. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. Any other honorable mentions? Yeah. Good gravy. That was not a conversation I expected. Sorry. I just think it's so... Dumb. And I still think the logic in this movie is very flawed. Yeah. Oh, I'll say one other honorable mention I have is when they do show and talk about, like, there is that scene in the movie where, like, all of the wolves who have not Mm -hmm. imprinted yet are, like, looking on and, like, somewhat envy and somewhat disgust, depending on who you're talking about, on all the wolves that have imprinted. And Paul who was one of Jacob's original, like, yeah. best friends, right? He imprinted on Jacob's we sister. we didn't even know existed. Rachel. Yeah, guess what? Jacob's not an only child. He like, has what? siblings. <laughs> so, also, um, Jacob punches Paul in the face. They yeah. left that out. Yeah. Breaks his nose. Because he's being a jerk. Yeah. Also, also, they left out the part where Jacob goes on, like, a searching spree for someone to imprint on. <laughs> Out of pure desperation. Yeah. Yeah. Guy. So. Anyways. Okay. That we sorry. could go on. But let's Apologies. move on to number one. For time's sake. My number one is. Um, let me remember. <laughs> oh, right. Um, let me remember. Sorry. I, I got distracted by the nonsense that is this story. Um. My number one is that they cut out a lot of the scenes between Jacob and the other members of the Cohen family, specifically um, Mm -hmm. Rosalie and Alice are the ones that come to mind in the book. Jacob has a lot. Huh? And Carlisle a little bit, too. Oh, yes. And Carlisle. Jacob has a lot of scenes with Rosalie where he kind of like has back and forth, like joking banter in a very like little brother kind of way where he like makes a bunch of blonde jokes about her. And she's like, I've heard them all. Don't worry. <laughs> or he throws a, he like looks at Edward and he's all like, has she, has she actually heard that one? And Edward's like, yeah. no. <laughs> and he like throws a bowl of fruit at the back of her head. And she's mad. Cause it got fruit in her hair or whatever. Like just really like kind of silly scenes. But I feel like that's good because it balances out with the absolute intensity of the rest of the movie. Let's lighten the mood a little bit sometimes. Um, (laughs) And it's kind of like a fun back and forth that I think endears Rosalie to Jacob. So she's a bit more in his like favor when the whole imprinting thing goes on. I'm not going to get into that. Um. Or with Alice, um, because Alice can't see any visions about Jacob uh, because he's a werewolf. She can't see anything with the werewolves are involved. And her the whole thing with the baby is making her brain go just like crazy and giving her headaches. Well, because she can't see visions about the baby either because she hasn't met the baby yet. And she like the wolves are one zone that are like just permanently locked out just Mm -hmm. because of what they are. But then also 
the baby is, again, it's this new hybrid thing that she's never experienced before. So she can't see visions about the but baby it like either. messes with her more than the wolves do like it like gives her a it headache gives her like major and she'll headaches. go and hang yeah. out with jacob because it's kind of like a giant tylenol where it just kind of stops yeah. the headaches for a while yeah it dulls it. and because mm-hmm. she goes and hangs out with him she gets to know him better and she also kind of like starts to feel a familial bond with jacob and then carlisle as well has these weird conversations with Jacob about chromosomes and stuff. (laughs) Just like medical conversations about like supernatural beings and hybrid beings. And yeah, it's it's interesting. interesting. But it's like interesting to see them have these conversations with Jacob. um, And they kind of grow to be like, oh, maybe he's not the worst thing ever maybe jacob's not so bad and they kind of like him a little Mm -hmm. bit more so again when the imprinting happens everyone's kind of like oh okay well i mean at least jacob's not so bad kind of a part of the family well and it also i think sets up two more for the rest of the book and the second movie Um, the movie makes more sense why the wolves are so willing to yeah the help movie just stuff. like throws all out throws all of it out the window and it like jacob's just being a little it doesn't look like jacob has like a good relationship no with jacob's anybody. just being a little <laughs> jerk about the whole thing and being real mean and not fun to be around and they cut out all the humor and all of his banter and all of his jokes so jacob is not a fun guy in the movie <laughs> He's so you don't really guy. like him. He's toxic and weird. And so creepy. by the time the <laughs> the I'm time imprinting comes around, <laughs> you're not really in Jacob's wheelhouse to begin with. And then that happens, and then you're like blah blah blah, as you're about to talk about. So I just am upset that the movie cut out all emblems of humor and fun and happiness from Jacob's character. <laughs> But you yep. can uh, take it away. All right. It's the moment we've all been waiting so for. So my number one is the... <laughs> Listen, so I, I know we all have a, an issue. Maybe not all of us, but you all know I have an issue with the whole imprinting on yeah. a baby thing. And so I had to talk about it. Um, so my number one is specifically the imprinting in the in the movie is... They don't help that you know, notion no, they make it at weird. all. In the book, it's already like a little weird, pretty creepy. It's fine. The way it's described makes it better, but you know, still creepy. And then the movie just like takes it like full on mm-hmm. Creepsville, starting with the fact that. Okay, so in 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 the book, right? He's not. Barging into the room at the baby out of anger with plans yeah, to kill Yeah, he's not going to murder the baby. What he's the heck? He's not going to murder the baby. In the book, he specifically talks about how he feels like there's like a string pulling him in a certain direction. And how he feels like, like Bella's there not breathing anymore and he's he's like it's weird i don't feel 
anything towards her right now. I don't feel a pull. I I feel this weird pull downstairs and it feels like a string. And and he follows it because it's just like this weird feeling inside of him. And he goes in there because that's he's feeling again just this invisible pull that he can't control and he can't fight against he stares at this at the baby and it's warm brown eyes <laughs> it's that are the same color as Bella. creepy face not what the creepy weird <laughs> cgi baby has and because he had been and he had just been shaking and suddenly he's not shaking anymore he's not burning anymore he's just glowing and 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 filled with this warmth and this happiness and he describes it right as you know everything coming undone as he stared as the at this tiny face and and it was you know it, it's a little bit more poetic a little bit more beautiful they try to pull some of it in where they do this weird voiceover about gravity but in the book all he says is the gravity of the earth no longer tied me to the place where I stood. It was the baby girl in the blonde vampire's arms that held me here now. He, they, they elongate that and go into a little bit more weirdness about gravity and yeah. stuff for some reason in the movie. But in the movie, it starts off weird and creepy in the fact that he's in this rage and he's like marching in there with every intention to kill an infant. <laughs> you can't see me. <laughs> just like she's flailing she's doing a lot okay. of flailing so it starts out starts out creepy because he has intentions of killing a baby who we know has a heartbeat regardless of this weird hybrid vampire thing like she's also human and has a heartbeat and is like a living breathing thing she's a baby that he goes in there with plans to kill and murder and rage and then he like sees her and then just like drops to his knees. And then there's this weird like montage future thing where he can like see their future together. It's weird. What? It's weird. Um, he's not Alice. He can't see visions of the future. That's not how imprinting no. works. Again, too, because it immediately adds this weird connotation of like romantic just love. To his imprintation, is that a word? To a baby. Like, she's still a baby in this instance. And even throughout the next movie, she's never older than, I want to say, like, yeah. eight or nine. I'm pretty sure that's, like, the oldest she ever, like, visually looks. Probably even younger. Maybe, like, six Hard or seven. Say. So this weird vision of like her being older and them like with their having their lives together and like holding hands and just it's weird and really creepy and it was already kind of a creepy notion while in the book Stephanie Meyer I think did her best to make it poetic in that moment and and keep it very neutral very when vague. it comes to the romantic feelings um it's very platonic mm -hmm. in the beginning i guess when it comes through stephanie meyer's d d description but the way the movie shows this like immediate like oh yeah and then they'll grow up and fall in love like she's still a baby in this instance they and that's weird. weird and it's weird that you're doing you're it's already a weird thing and you're making it weirder not to mention the fact that the baby he's imprinting on is creepy <laughs> af looking it's a nightmare she's got baby this weird cgi face it's just a nightmare scene yeah. okay that whole scene is just 
bad yep. and I don't like it. So that's my number one. And with that, we are done with part one. <laughs> I mean, I gotta I gotta step in for a second. Still have another part to go. With the imprinting. The whole concept is is rough. Like we'll just we'll put it out there. We know. It's not great. Yes. I commend Stephanie Meyer for trying to think of a, w- a way to explain Jacob's feelings. How Jacob stays in the life, like stays without in the life without just too. having him get over Bella like any normal person would do. <laughs> but I definitely think there were better ways they could have done this. Um, sorry, Stephanie Meyer. I know you tried. It didn't work the way I think she planned it to. I think that everyone just kind of realized, no, that's that's weird. I think she could have also gone about it a better way where maybe he didn't imprint right away. You know, maybe I've they said have that like before. A time like maybe there's like an age that they have to yeah. get to before they imprint or something. It's weird that you can imprint because it, it it's still weird when I know they don't really talk about it much in the movies but they still show it right where quill is standing at the water's edge with like a two or three-year-old he's imprinted on that two three-year-old girl it's weird why can't it be like when they reach the age of maturity or something you know like less weird when you imprint on like a 16 year old and you yourself are still 16 17 or whatever you know like i don't know so i think that they easily My iPad just fell. <laughs> I think okay. that they very easily could have Sorry. done because she grows up real quick, anyways. Um, they could have done a montage. She could get to that age of maturity. They could do a fast. montage, <laughs> and then boom, she's older. Then he imprints, and you know, or have him. They wouldn't even need to do a montage. She could have been that age by the end of the second book or yeah. second movie. You know, she could have easily been that age by the yeah. end of the book with how quickly she yeah. was aging. So it just, uh, yeah. Uh. It's just, it's, it's that something. We'll probably talk more about it when we yeah, do part two. Yeah, because there's, there's more, there's more to it. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Anyways, we are... We were a little late getting our fan faux pas post up this time. We apologize, um, but we do yeah. still have um, a fan faux pas to share. So this is from Jill D. She says, I loved the changes to the wedding scene. The toasts are hilarious. And it was so nice to see Edward actually smile since he spent the rest of the movie looking like he was thinking of sad puppies. But I wish they had included Bella's dream about the baby in the meadow. I think it would have helped the viewer understand her maternal instinct to keep the baby better. Um Mm. I agree, especially because the dream they did make her have was like, weird. Didn't make yeah. any sense to me and was weird. So <laughs> it was it was just weird. So, yeah, we agree mm-hmm. with you there, Jill. And yes, we all loved that wedding scene. Did anybody not like the wedding? Like, I feel like that's a scene that everybody has to have at least enjoyed, even if you didn't like anything else in the entire series. There's five movies, mm-hmm. right? Like, even if you didn't like a single other thing, like that wedding scene was yeah. beautiful. It was yeah. really well done. So I don't know. And again, the Charlie saying that he looks hot thing just really did it for me. So, <laughs> OK, age old question. Was the book better? Yeah. I mean, it was close. 
I think this movie is one of the better ones for sure. But the whole Jacob thing pushed yeah. me over. They really ruined his character Same. in the movie. Before I started reading it in my brain, I was like, oh, I think this is one where I might think the movie's better. But then I read the Jacob section and I was like, oh, Jacob is a lot yeah. better in the books than he is yeah. in the movies. Like, <laughs> so still with you on, yes, the book was better, but we'll see about the next one. We still yes. got one more to go. So part one of Breaking Dawn, the first half of the book is is still better, but we'll see about the ending. I'm going to make a confession right here, right now. I have never read the end of this book. Really? I got to him imprinting. Bella freaking out about him imprinting. And them knowing that the Volturi were coming before I was like, I cannot do this. This is the weirdest <laughs> ish I have ever read. And I put it down and I never That's picked it back super up. super funny. <laughs> so this will, and that's not, normally even when a book is pretty dang bad, like I still push through it because I'm like, I'm a, I, I, can't, I can't not finish it. I have to finish it. This is one of those rare instances where I was like, it's such a long book too. And I just looked at it and there was still so much to go. And I was just like, I do not like this. <laughs> So I just put it down. Well, this will be interesting for you then. Finish it. Yes. So we'll see. We shall see for me. But um, next week, we've got uh, Mini Sewed coming out where we're going to be talking. About, we've talked about in the past what, of our, um, what our favorite TV shows are. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite movies next week, um, especially because not all movies stem from books. So. Some of our favorites we will not be able to talk about in a normal episode. So this is our way of still being able to talk about them. <laughs> and then in two weeks time, we will finish the Twilight Finally. Saga with Breaking Dawn Part 2. And we will move into a new age. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get that reading calendar, our reading calendars out. So you can kind of start prepping for what, what's, the fun what's things to come. On the but. horizon. On the horizon, um, as well as uh, again, yeah, we'll just be releasing. We're releasing a new line of merch and doing another giveaway with that. So be on the mm -hmm. lookout there. Otherwise, have a great week. And don't forget to read.